and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the trigger-happy Matt. Hello there. We uh, Last week we were covering the uh, mid-series finale for Series 6, mm-hmm. uh, A Good Man Goes to War, and today we are picking up exactly where we left off. Kind of. I mean, it's not a logical progression in this episode, <laughs> it's is it? It's not, is it? Um, I, when I saw it, it was called Let's Kill Hitler. <laughs> Just. It's a, it, the whole episode is like one giant curveball, isn't it? Mm. Would you say it's a good curveball? Mm. My, f- my feelings on this episode have sort of waxed and waned pretty much every time I watch it. Um, on my most recent viewing of it, uh, a couple of nights ago, uh, I came to the conclusion that 70% of it is very good, and 30% of it is really, like, unbearably awful. And uh, it's that constant tension between the two that makes it quite a difficult episode to pigeonhole. Could this episode just be replaced with an email? It's just an. <laughs> just an exposition dump it kind of is if they just went you know when melody pond was younger this happened Mm. then this happened and lo and behold this happened that's the thing like one of my criticisms i I mean do you remember last week um when we're talking about a good man goes to i apologize by the way um you can probably hear there's a little bit of a croak in my voice this week listeners i'm just getting over a cold so i do apologize hopefully my my voice will hold up for the remainder of the episode um anyway uh what was i saying i was saying one of my criticisms of a good man goes to war is that it's very entertaining and a lot of things are happening but it doesn't necessarily feel like a proper Doctor Who story because mm-hmm. it's not an it's not an adventure in the traditional Doctor Who sense. I would level the exact same criticism at this episode. I... It's it's not a there's no element of like go to a place and and sort out a thing. It's all very internally focused. I think there's only one important part of this episode. Right. So last time we spoke we ran through my flowchart of predictions yes and it turned out all my predictions were right even though i dismissed them as incorrect <laughs> yeah today i'm gonna make a bold prediction okay okay when yep. we get there i'll let you know but i'm going to stick with this mm. i think i've predicted the end of this series oh well that the resolution of this whole arc yeah i think i know what's gonna happen okay or this might be like that do you remember that time I predicted there was another sonic screwdriver that yeah, was going to be important? Yeah, because the, the, it had been chucked away in a bin in episode one of series four. Yeah, and I just thought, yeah, that's definitely going to be yeah. important. You don't just put that in the bin. I mean, to be fair, there's nothing stopping any writer from bringing it back at a later date. What I will say is, so far, we've just finished, uh, as a time of recording, we've just finished uh, airing series 12 of Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not come up yet. What's everyone so mad about? You'll find out in like, due course. All, all I saw was everyone like going, Chris Chibnall has ruined Doctor Who. Yeah. 60 years of continuity out the window. <laughs> yeah. Shut your face. Yeah. Don't matter. He's in charge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you may, you may change your tune when you actually see the episode, but that is 
basically my perspective on it. And um, yeah, what, you to think, be honest, you think Chibbers has destroyed Doctor Who? No, 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 no. The opposite. I think, as as you say, he's in charge. He can do what he likes. The point about Doctor Who is it's infinitely malleable. There are very few constants. Would um, Would you have done whatever it is Chibbers has done? I would never have had the idea to do what he's done. All oh, right, but that's not that's not a criticism. So is it just dum dums that are like yeah that can't? It's always and whenever you see any vocal minority in a fandom throwing its toys I don't know out, if it's a crap. minority. I, I went on it Twitter really is, and like Chris Chibnall was tweeting, yeah. was trending. So I was like, let's just see what this is. You know, let's let's poke the bear. Yeah, <laughs> and the, so I did put a tweet out from our account <laughs> saying, "We well, are mad about your fucking dog." <laughs> <laughs> Yet to get a reply. Yeah, I mean, it is a minority because, um, I mean, I'm not on Twitter. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I I do. I post a little bit on Reddit, but I'll be honest. Even then, I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm just lying low for a bit whilst this blows over. Um, I at the end of the day, yeah, the. the on average, this series has been getting somewhere between four and five million viewers. How many of those people are actually posting about it on Twitter? Four to five million. <laughs> it's it's considerably less than that. So, like, it's the thing is, it's a minority, but it's a vocal minority because they're the ones who care passionately enough to to make a big uh, stink well, if, about it. If they're the ones that care enough, aren't they the important ones? No. Well, like, because Doctor Who is a family program, and it's for it, Doctor Who is for eight-year-old kids and their parents to sit down and watch and have a nice time with. What the fuck are we doing then? I'm 34 and <laughs> I watch two hours alone most Saturday mornings. But the, the point the point is, it's a show for everyone. It's not just for the people who feel like because they've been watching it for 40 years since they were kids that they somehow have ownership of it and can decide where it goes in the future. Why do so many people like watch it when they quite obviously hate it? That is something I have never understood. We've talked about this before. Just yeah. like, everyone hates it. I don't, don't they watch I don't, something else? Why I don't, don't get it. But you could say the same thing about Star Wars. Why are all these people watching Disney, the Disney era Star Wars films where they clearly hate everything that they're if, doing. If I said to you, I used to like Doctor Who, but I've gone off it, what TV show would you recommend to me as like a good stopgap? Oh, phew. don't say Torchwood or Sarah Jane Adventures. I don't know, because there's nothing else quite like it, is there? Like I don't know, maybe Black Mirror or something, if you enjoyed the kind of anthology-like quality of Doctor Who and what you know, about? something a bit more adult. A TV show about yeah. a man who can go anywhere in time and space, has a little adventure every episode, mm-hmm. follows pretty strict formula. Same is, it, way do- is it Mr. Ben? It's Mr. Ben. Yeah. yeah. There, there, I think Mr. Ben is a Time Lord is a popular theory in the same way that James Bond is a Time Lord is a popular theory. James Bond? What? Yeah, because he, he, he regenerates. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mary Poppins, people also mention... You know, she's got a bag that's bigger on the inside. Who, who should we start a theory about? I think it should be someone in real life. And it should be completely incongruous. I, so, someone Alan who's, Sugar. No, someone who's something. been alive a long time, <laughs> whose appearance has changed radically. Uh, I'm trying to think now. Who could we say? I mean, the one that springs out. <laughs> and it's not that his appearance has changed, it's just his outfit's changed. Elton yeah. John. Yeah. 
<laughs> He's yeah. certainly gone through a lot of outfit costume changes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he has he has costumes that even the sixth Doctor would look askance at. and be like, that's yeah. a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. We've gotten very sidetracked. Um, what was I saying? I, I'm about... going to be honest. It's yeah. going to be a very sidetrack episode. Cause I, you I hated this one? Uh, it's not my favourite. Yeah. Okay, so, like... To, to, to get back to what I was saying about it, I, my feeling is it's very much a moving the pieces on the chessboard kind of an episode. It's setting stuff up for later on in the series. It does manage to do so in a mostly quite entertaining way. But there's some really dumb stuff and some stuff that in particular I think is amongst Moffat's worst offences in terms of like casual sexism and stuff like that mm. but we'll get there when we get there with that um, but yeah so should, should, if, if you just want to get this over and done with shall we just rattle through should we just race yeah. through it yeah just like quick five minutes should we just hit <laughs> yeah. the headlines <laughs> sorry listeners if you're enjoying uh, if you're expecting a longer episode <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else we could talk about maybe uh, something will come up yeah, we could talk about Greta Thunberg. What's she been up to? Don't know. Coronavirus. That's pretty big at the moment. It certainly is. I mean, I I get I I'm an NHS employee, so I get like scary emails about coronavirus in my inbox every morning. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about other stuff. Well, we don't have to talk about Doctor Who. I mean, we do. That's How, literally how's he son? He's doing all right. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Is this what people want from the show? <laughs> I'll be honest. The, re- the reason I, I, I do this is because I'm quite a socially awkward man and all I ever really want to do is talk to people about Doctor Who and my partner was getting quite sick of it. So now I've got an outlet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm relying on you, Matt. You've got to meet me halfway here. Right. <laughs> okay. So, season six, episode eight. Yeah. Let's kill Hitler. Yes. From the 27th of August, 2011. Yes. Written by Stephen Moffat. Mm-hmm. Okay. I- I'm just saying this all really slow to stretch out the episode. <laughs> we'll have plenty to talk about, don't worry. Right. I've got notes. So, we open in a wheat field. Yeah. Amy and Rory are racing through it in their little mini. Didn't they have a Volkswagen-like camper last time we saw them? That was uh, in Amy's in, Choice. In their perfect world. In, yeah, in Dream World. Okay, so Amy's giving Rory directions, pointing him this way and that way. Yeah. After a while, it becomes fairly obvious they're making like crop circle patterns. Uh huh. And when it zooms out, it spells Doctor. Yeah. They've written the word Doctor there. So it's been. Did they say it's been about six months? It's been the summer, hasn't it? Yeah. Because Doctor's been away all summer. Yeah. Hasn't found Melody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Another car drives through. Yes. Because the doctor holds up a newspaper. Yeah, the, do- the, do- the doctor's arrived. Yeah, he's he, he's got... The, and I love the, the, the... Kudos to the art department. That is, like, obviously a really old copy of that newspaper mm. that's, like, been dug out of some archive somewhere. Yeah. Um, and he points out it's the word doctor, but yeah. Amy and Rory notice it's got like a line straight through it. Yes. And it's because there's a second car. Yeah. It's driving through, it stops at that point, 
And it's Amy's friend, Mel's. Yes. Um, so, fla- flashy, like is it like a Ferrari or something? It's red and sporty looking. Like, yeah. I don't know cars. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, out she steps. It's, it's everyone's favourite character, Mel's. Who we all remember from previous episodes of Doctor Who. I, I tell you what, I remember <laughs> it from this, because she is awful. She's very one note, but to, to be fair, I don't blame the actress. I blame the script for that. Like she's not given a lot to do. She might have become my worst character. Yeah, I can't even remember what's the companion called that I hate. Not Donna. You seem to hate all of them. So no. between um, Donna and Rose, Martha. Martha. Yeah, yeah. She might have overtaken Martha as the worst character in Doctor Who. Wow. Okay, so she knows all about the Doctor, who he is. Yeah, is it at this point we get the flashback? Yeah, we get a little montage, and I quite like the way this montage is done. It it, it tells a lot of of backstory very mm. quickly, in that Rory and Amy have known her growing up. She's always been like the black sheep, the bad influence, mm. in the, you know, uh, and, and partly that's because like she keeps she's really latched on to. Uh, young Amelia's stories about the Doctor because mm-hmm. obviously we know she had that encounter with him when he when she was little that sort of span out to him being a sort of imaginary friend for her um, and um, it was it was like a game that, that Mel was in on but she kind of took it a bit too far and was like parrot it back to teachers and stuff mm-hmm. like that which basically means you've got this montage where she keeps doing naughty things and then ending up like with the head teacher's door slamming yeah. behind her, and then it keeps going. They, you know, they cycle through. They're getting older until um, it's not the head teacher's door. It's like a Please. prison door, and they're, they're like they're like bailing her out of prison. Yeah. Um, and we we get the bit where they're chatting, and yeah. You see the first moment of romance between Rory and Amy. Yeah, and that that's a really sweet moment, right? It is and it isn't because, I mean, I thought the sensibilities of this time would have moved on, but there's the whole thing like, oh, Rory's really kind and nice to women. He must be gay. Well, no, it's not that. It's the fact that she says he's never shown any interest in any girl as long as I've mm. known him. And that's because she's always... She's never like interpreted his the 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 person that he's interested in is her. So I don't think there is any there's I don't think there's any kind of homophobic or anything element to that. It's purely just she's kind of put two and two together and made five. Mm. Um, And yeah, as 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 Mel puts it, penny in the air, penny drops, and she goes racing off after Rory. So. Once Mel's appears, we hear like police sirens in the background. Yeah. She pulls a gun on the doctor and says, He's her escape. Yeah. So, you know, to get away from the police, he's going to take her somewhere. Yeah. And she says, Well, we can go anywhere in time and space. Let's kill Hitler. Yeah. I think her exact line is sort of like, You've got a time machine, I've got a gun. What the hell? Let's kill Hitler. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's it's there's a, that's a, that's just like the cold open, isn't it? I think that's all like yeah. before we get to the title sequence. That's a lot to take in. That's right. And like it's titles, then we get that montage. Yeah. And so 
I kind of admire Moffat for having the sheer brass balls to pull off a retcon as obvious as this. It's just been like, oh yeah, they had this friend the whole time that I yeah. never thought to mention or show to you at any point previously. Mm. It's like, that's like a real sort of uh, uh, comic book continuity level retcon, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. So, in the present, Mel, after the montage, Mel shoots the TARDIS. Yeah. I think, is she aiming at the Doctor or something of the sort? Well, I, I've got the quote. I wrote it down because I really like this uh, quote. Uh, so Mel says, You said guns didn't work in this place. You said we're in a state of temporal grace. To which the Doctor retorts, Oh, that was a clever lie, you idiot. Anyone could have told you it was a cleverer lie. Mm. <laughs> I really like that. It's a clever lie. Um, so... I don't know if it's as a result of that or whether they were intending to go back in time to this point, but they end up in 1938 Berlin. Yeah. Okay, so when we get there, we see the Nazi party is being observed. I've called them future folk at first before I know who they are. Uh Uh-huh. So there's like, almost like a technological, almost like a flight deck. It looks like the interior of a spaceship, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it turns out it's a robot driven by tiny people. Yeah. I mean... I love the Tesselector. We're just going to have to have a little sidebar here where I, I know this is coming. I knew from the moment I was watching it, it was just like, oh, Matt's going to hate the Tesselector. He's going to absolutely hate the Tesselector. And I'm going to have to sit here and try and just... Yes, it is really dumb. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't disagree with you. It's really dumb, but it is lovely dumb. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm going to go all out and I'm going to tell you my prediction at this stage. Okay. Because it relates to the Tesselector. Okay, so, yep. The Tesselector is a robot driven by tiny, tiny people. Yes. And its exterior can change to mimic other people. Yep. So it can grow in height and things. Yep. And its face can change. I think when we get to it yep. and we get to the day where the Doctor gets shot. Yep. I think it's going to be a Tesselector. Right. I think it's going to be a mimic doctor. Could be a ganger. Well, it could be. We've already had gangers this series. I suppose we have had a lot of like body doubles yeah. this series. Yeah. But but we don't. Well, we know for a fact it's not because we've seen the... We've seen the ganger doctor um, get blown. Well, no, no we, we know it's not any kind of double because we've seen the... Um, you know, skipping ahead to the end of this episode, we've got the, you know, they confirm the date and time of the death of the Doctor. But that information in the- is held by this Justice Department. Mm. If they are in on the Doctor's little scheme to stage his own death, they could forge documents and make that his official time of death. Yeah. And don't forget, like, I don't... Is the Doctor's death a fixed point in time? Yeah, he says as much, I think, in... in uh, uh, it's a clever lie. Yeah. It's a quote the Doctor. It's a clever <laughs> lie. I think that's going to be the end of this series. We're going to get there. The Doctor's going to get shot. Everyone's really sad. And then the Doctor's just going to walk up and go, Hi, everyone, what's going on? And it's going to be a robot filled with tiny people. Mm. Right? All right. So write that down. Don't let me forget by the end of the series. I've made a lot of predictions. You have. You definitely go with that over Ganger. Yeah, because we've seen Ganger Doctor, and he got blown up at the end, didn't he? Yeah, could make another one. Well, I don't know because that whole island got 
wrecked. Yeah, but that was an early uh, stage in, in the flesh. They know that the he knows that the flesh technology carries on because like how, how a more advanced it? version of the flesh technology is is uh, used by. I suppose there must be more than one. Um, by the uh, by, demons run because they they yeah. make uh, the facsimile. Yeah, of that, can't, that, we... that can't be the only the flesh. No, it isn't. It definitely yeah. isn't. Because if it was, then it's yeah. a dead technology. Yeah. Oh no. The trouble is with that technology. It's kind of like the same you got in Battlestar Galactica and stuff like that. From that moment that we established the flesh as a technology that exists, and that it can, we've now basically reached the point where anyone could be a flesh flesh. Ganga version of themselves yeah. at any point for the rest of Doctor Who's history. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah. Probably not. But, you know, I'm just saying, now that you, you once you've opened that 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 bottle, there's no stuffing it back in, is there? No. So, yeah, that's what we're going with. Robodoc. Okay. Okay. It's going to be like Bill and Ted. <laughs> so... Oh, where are we? Up there? So, like, we the first time we see the, the Tesselector, it's basically mimicking this Nazi uh, official yeah. who's marching around in. Uh, so the when it mimics him perfectly, yeah, it, like beams him aboard. Yes, miniaturizes him. Yeah, and then we have what are called the antibodies. Yeah, big robot jellyfish. Yeah, exactly how I described <laughs> them. And basically, if you're not recognised as staff. Of the Tesselector, yep. you are consumed and destroyed. Yes. And specifically, again, I've written it down because I love it. They say, you will feel a tingling sensation and then death. Yeah. That's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> so this robot that's mimicking a Nazi general is going to go kill Hitler. But then it's too early in his time stream. Okay. Yes. So do they like abort their mission for now? Well, I think they're just like... They're, they're they're kind of going to maintain infiltration. Yeah, possibly, it's unclear. But uh, but anyway, yeah. But, Can I say as well? I really like the effect of the Tesselector changing, like when all the little panels kind of flip. Mm. And like for for BBC CGI budget of about ten years ago, I think it's a pretty good effect. Yeah, it's not the worst we've seen. And yeah, and and more generally, the the whole concept of the Tesselector. I think is brilliant. It, to me, it feels like the kind of thing you would have gotten in, like really old classic Who, like like uh, William Hartnell, Patrick Troughton era Doctor Who. If they'd had the budget to pull it off, mm. this is exactly the kind of nonsense they would have done. Yeah. So I really mm. love it. So then the TARDIS appears, and everyone aboard realizes it's Hitler. Yep. The robot general is like is he knocked by the TARDIS oh no or does he faint yeah he feels like an emergency evac which is just they faint yeah okay Um, so when they realise it's Hitler he shoots at the robot so Rory punches Hitler he gets his little hero moment yeah love a good Hitler punch it turns out the stray bullet from Hitler hit Mel's yeah is that the point at which they actually they, they shove him in the cupboard I think so, so. yeah they just like put Hitler in the cupboard get him out of here and again I love that because it works it's it's funny 
first of all, but also it works really well as a sort of analogy for what Moffat is doing as a writer here, in that Hitler was just a means to an end. He has no interest in actually making this a story about Hitler. So it's just like, okay, we used Hitler as a sort of inciting incident to get everyone together. What he basically needed to have uh, the Doctor, Amy, Rory, Mel's and the Tesselector all in the same room. Mm -hmm. Hitler was the obvious way to make that happen. Now that Hitler's served his purpose, we will shove him in a cupboard and we will literally not refer back to him for the remainder of the story. That's brilliant. Again, it's like, it's say what you like about this episode, it is ballsy. I don't know. It is. It's Uh, like, it it, didn't charm me. It aims high. So, the stray butler that Hitler shot at Mel's and the robot... The Tesselector identifies her as a war criminal. Yeah, okay. I think it says, you know, sees the war criminal, everyone assumes it's going to go for Hitler, and it targets Mel. Can I ask, had you pieced any of it together yet? Like, had you figured out what this twist was going to be? At this point, yeah. Yeah. At yeah. what point? So, was it like, like the moment she got shot, you were just like, oh, hang on. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, it turns out that Mel's is Melody. Yeah. Amy named her baby after her friend Mel's. Yeah. <laughs> but it turns out it was Melody all along. Yeah. Classic and, bootstrap paradox. And when she's shot, she turns into River Song. Now, confusingly, I've referred to her as River Song throughout my notes. Yeah. But she doesn't identify as River Song. No, she doesn't know who River Song is yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, here's a question. Yes. River Song. Yeah. This is her first appearance. Yep. She is stood in a room. Yep. That room contains Amy. Yep. Rory. Yep. And the Doctor. Yes. Okay. We all agreeing on that? Yeah, we do. So this is the earliest time that River Song will have seen Amy, Rory, and the Doctor. So why last episode did she not recognise Rory? Uh, we, she did recognise him. No, no, no. Uh, when... When she was breaking she, back I, into prison, she's like, "Oh, you're Rory." I don't think she was. She was like recognizing him for the first time. I think she was piecing together and realizing the moment at which in that Rory's timeline was in because he was in his Centurion's uniform. He was letting her know that they were about to do the whole run on, you know, the whole plan on Demon's Run, and she was like, "I've got to sit this one out, guys." So I think she was basically just like playing the cards close to her chest. It wasn't that she was recognising for the... Because she's grown up with Rory. Well, you we know? don't know that. We do, because we saw her as, as Mel's. She, like, she's grown up alongside Rory. Oh, yeah. They've been I kind of... I think that's a continuity problem. I don't think it is, because I think you misinterpreted that scene. She's not recognising him for the first time there. I think she was. Because he was like, you need to come with me... And she's, I think she even says, "Who are you?" And when he says, "Oh, I'm Rory," she doesn't. I, I'm confident that's an issue. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you 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 make that an issue in your head. So moving on, the tiny robot people recognise River as the war criminal Melody Pond. Yeah. Okay. And her war crime is she killed the doctor. She kills the doctor. Yeah. Now. This is where it all ties together because that she is the girl in the spacesuit. Yeah. That's what shoots the doctor. Yeah. Except it's not the doctor, 
It's the Tesselector. Okay. Yep. I'm telling you, that's what's coming. Okay. Okay, so River tries killing the Doctor again because she says she is Demon Run's weapon. Yeah. Okay. She kisses the Doctor and says goodbye and jumps from the window. Yeah. Okay. Now. Can, what, can I, before we get to all this, I feel like we've really glossed over one of the things that I, I did want to have a legitimate whinge about in this episode. So, so Mel's regenerates into River. And what follows is like five minutes of the shittest, sexist jokes about women imaginable. Like the whole, shut up, I'm concentrating on a dress size. Ooh, I've just got a new body. I've got to go and weigh myself. And fucking some line about jodpers. That is how women talk, isn't it? I fucking hate it. I absolutely hate it. And it's like, I feel... I know why... (sighs) At the end of the day, Moffat is a man of a slightly older generation. Yeah. And I feel like he is he is very much, certainly at this point in his career, I do think he mellows on this later. And I think he maybe grows up a little bit. But at this stage, he seems to be stuck in that whole men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Like, oh, we're such different kinds of... Which is utter bullshit. All of that way of thinking is utter bullshit. We're all just people. Um, and But because he's writing with that mentality and he's first and foremost a comedy writer, he can't resist make, making those jokes. So I don't think... I, 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 would, I would fall short of calling it misogyny because I don't think there is any malicious intent. Mm-hmm. I think it is just like, ha, 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 aren't women different? So, but I yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. And it seems very... I know that this is the first time we see River. Uh-huh. But her character is one of, like, confidence and independence. Yeah. And this just sort of shits all over that. Yeah. I mean, well, it's... she. Uh, he's trying to pitch it in that, like, oh, she's... She's confident because she's sexy kind of thing. But... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it really sticks in my craw. The one good line, like the one good post-regeneration line that I really do like, because it kind of addresses what could be uh, a, a continuity error if you were very mean-spirited, uh, is in the, like, River is... The, uh, Alex Kingston is slowly ageing as we are seeing the character younger and younger. So she says, I might just take the age down a bit, gradually, just to pre- freak people out. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like that line. So it just perfectly explains why she looks younger at the end of her As life. She should be old. Yeah. Just an update on my friend, the lady that works in Tesco's that looks like River Song. Yeah. I went in today before we met. Yeah. And I think the reason why you haven't recognised her is I think they've sort of made her start wearing a hairnet. Ah. Oh, so, so you with, without the hair, like you, you the, the hair is like fifty percent of River Song's look. Yeah. So exactly. So yeah, I was a little bit disappointed. I mean, not disappointed in the sense of hygiene. Yeah. But, <laughs> Especially not in the current climate. Yeah. If she was there and she had her hair out, I'd have told you to go see her. But it's not really worth it now. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, 
I feel quite weird doing that anyway, popping into Tesco Cafe purely to assess for myself the extent to which a stranger looks like Alex Kingston. No, because you didn't have to, like, go pattern. The cafe's near the toilets. I just went in for a <laughs> wee and when I walked past, just had a little look. Fair enough. So she, she, tries, she tries to kill the Doctor multiple times. Yeah, we have this kind of... It's like a weird little nested flashbacks isn't it where like one-upping each other uh, as if one person knew what the other was going to do I don't think I don't like the editing on that it's just it's too mushy jarring yeah because they didn't really explain what was happening it's just like then I did this haha but I did this I, I, I understand the intention of it is to try and be like oh they're kind of like their 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 wits are kind of equally matched against uh-huh. each other. Like they both, it's like this sort of four D chess kind of thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the editing kind of it just come it it came out weird. The edit, I think. Yeah, it did. Yeah. But ultimately, it ends like we say with River leaving, and as she does, the Doctor realizes it was poison lipstick yes. when they kiss. Yeah. Okay. So, River jumps out the window, she lands below, steals some Nazi weapons and rides off on a motorbike. Yeah. Okay. So, the Doctor asks the TARDIS when he crawls back in for voice activation. Yeah. And he says, you know, show me something I trust. Is it? Yeah. And we see all the past companions. We get some lovely twists of the knife. Yeah. Good to yeah. see Rose back. Yeah. Good to see Donna. Yeah. Martha, and Martha's there also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the doctor's just like, ah, oh, it's all just guilt. Um, and so he settles on little Amelia. Mm. Little Amelia Pond. I, I didn't realise. Okay, yeah. here's a little... little what, Ka- Karen Gillan's cousin. Yeah. yeah, but did you know they hadn't met until yeah. they started? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Right, yeah. Fucking nerd. <laughs> can't get Sorry. anything past you. Well, you can. Well, I mean, you can't, but... Um, you sent me that uh, oh, screen yeah, grab of that text. From... Notorious yeah. internet pest, Tim Riley. Yeah. Who told us that last episode we should have talked about how the Headless Monks were going to feature John Barrowman as Captain yeah. Jack. He was going to become a Headless Monk. That's how he lost his head and became the face. Well, That's brilliant. And I, I had I no idea. I think I like it better yeah. that it's just ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah, but I think if they pulled it off, that would have been really interesting. But I had absolutely no idea about that uh, mm. little tidbit. So yeah, thank you for that interesting bit of trivia. No, thanks for nothing. <laughs> okay. See you WrestleMania weekend, Tim. You'll get yours. <laughs> right. Right. So the TARDIS tells the Doctor that he won't survive for thirty-two minutes. Yeah, and so, I quite like this dialogue where it just keeps cycling back around to you will be dead in 32 minutes. Yeah, so he says, yeah. give me some good news. And yeah. I think it says, you will live for 31 minutes. minutes. You will you'll die like, in 32 minutes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, River appears in a restaurant where all the Nazi generals are dining. Oh, we skipped over my favourite River line where she's, I think it's when she's stealing the bike. Uh, and, the, and like the... the the Nazi officers are trying to stop her. And she says, um, I was on my way to a gay gypsy bar mitzvah for the disabled when I suddenly thought, gosh, the Third Reich's a bit rubbish. I think I'll kill the Fuhrer. Yeah. That's a good line. I don't know. It's 
the the whole idea about killing Hitler, and I know it's like done for comedic effect. Yeah, and I know that the that film at the moment is it Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, and I, Taika Waititi film. Yeah, I've not seen it. I don't know if I really like the like Nazi party being turned into like a comedy vehicle. <laughs> I mean, I it, think it's. I mean, I've like I said, not seen Jojo Rabbit yet, so I can't comment on that specifically. But I've always been kind of comfortable with it, you know, um, purely because I think comedy is one of the best ways to deal with difficult stuff. And also, at the end of the day, if you can't laugh. At six million yeah. dead Jews and no. five million Romani. No, if you can't laugh... It's all right, I'll, I'll finish the <laughs> sentence for you. If you can't no, laugh no. at that, what can you laugh at? At dictators, then what can you laugh at? Yeah, like, you know, comedy is one of the weapons in our arsenal to fight that kind of thing. Do you think it's the best medicine? No. no. I think actual medicine is the <laughs> yeah. best medicine. Penicillin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, like we say, as, as an asthmatic man, I'm, I'm partial to a bit of salbutamol myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lovely stuff. Anyone just give you a little tickle whilst you're having an asthma attack? <laughs> so, Rivers in this restaurant. All the Nazi generals are dining. I think she forces them to take their clothes off so she can have the best ones for herself. She does. And uh, Amy and Rory pull up on their motorbike, and alongside them, Amy pulls up. On her motorbike. Yes. So, yeah. the Tesselector has now mimicked Amy, it would seem. Yes. And a motorbike. Mm. They do it like they make the motorbike themselves. And uh. Just for a short time, because Amy and Rory are now inside the Tesselector. Yes. Yeah. Okay. They get mid- mid- They're up against the antibodies. Yeah. And they're rescued by, I've just called him, Justice Department Man. Yeah. So, he's... Sort of like their main grunt, but I'm not sure he's ever named. Nah, no one other Tesselector gets a name. Um, we've we again we've glossed over. Uh, this is my last uh, quote of the episode that I've I've noted down because I really like it. It's a great line from Rory. Okay, I'm trapped inside a giant robot replica of my wife. I'm really uh, not trying to see this as a metaphor. Yeah, that's an excellent line. Like I say, there's there is some good dialogue in this. It's a really it's bad right. dialogue as well, but there's yeah. very good lines so, in it, I think. Robot Amy just blasts River. We haven't seen it do that yet. Does it, like, out its mouth? Just shoot, like, a laser beam I or something? I think so, something like that, yeah. And then the Doctor appears, okay? So we find out that the Justice Society punishes people that die before they receive justice. Yeah. Okay, so in terms of Hitler... You know, he died before he was ever trialled for his crimes. He yeah. never met justice. Yeah. They seem to be doing the same with Melody Pond. Well, certainly, yeah. Now they, they're they like, oh, that's a... Basically, if they, they weren't... That wasn't the mission. But no. now that she's turned up, they're like, oh, brilliant. I if think we can they back say, her. Oh, if we like yeah. bring her in, we'll get a year off. Yeah. Something like that. And we have a little conversation about the silence. Yeah. Now... Turns out that the silence aren't necessarily just that race of aliens. Mm-hmm. They're a religious, religious order. order. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Looking to answer the first question. Yeah. What do you think the first question is? I mean, the trouble is that I know. All right. 
because I've watched is it, Doctor Who. Is it biblical? Is it Adam asking God to make him a wife? Could be. Is it God when he made the heavens and what the do earth? You, what he just went, oh, it's a bit dark, I best make some light. <laughs> do you have any like genuine guesses of what, what the question could be? I mean, the most common question, I think, there's two real common questions with Doctor Who. Isn't right. There? There's, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, why would anyone ever write this? <laughs> and I don't really know. I was going to say the other one as like a joke is everyone always just goes, Doctor Who? Mm. So, I don't know. I'm not sure on that one. Big question. Why can't Gallifrey come back? We know it can. <laughs> what the fucking time yeah. up to? Yeah. Um, there's some good. There's some interesting guesses in yeah, there. Yeah, like where did this other sonic screwdriver come from? I found it in a bin. Yeah. Uh, uh, wouldn't it be amazing if that does come back around? If one that day? ever comes back around, uh, <laughs> uh, the podcast we record is going to be half an hour of me screaming. <laughs> right? I'll get a portable recording device. And I will walk through the streets <laughs> like an old preacher, <laughs> ringing a bell, telling everyone I was right all along. That would be amazing. I'll email the prime minister. <laughs> would you um, like? Would you like send it with a read receipt? And so, if he doesn't read it, just send it again the next yeah. day. Just send it every day. I, I'm doing that a little bit at the moment. That. I, I sold some stuff on eBay. Yeah. This is really going off on a tangent. This is my okay. life at the moment. Yeah. And I, I sold a book to a guy. Uh-huh. Immediately, he sent me a message saying, is it okay if I pay you at the end of the month when it's payday? It was fairly close by. Yeah. I said, not a problem. Okay, what are we on now? About the fourth of the month? Uh-huh. So, I think the agreement was he was going to pay me on the 28th. Uh-huh. No payment. Sent him a message... Hi, mate. Just uh, a reminder. Mm-hmm. Still awaiting payment. Haven't Nothing. heard back from him. Every day I just send him a message that simply says, payment, please. <laughs> In that exact term, it says, payment, dot, 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 please, exclamation mark. Mm. What? Why what won't he pay me? He owes me eight pounds. His uh, mum might have died. He might have like bigger fish to fry than pay for a book right now. Yeah, well, he's legally obliged. Well, I mean, you're only in the sense that if if you've already sent it to him. No, he's like, agreed to the contract of sale. There's a is it like a statutory like calling off period or? I don't yeah. know because I also sent a message to someone who bought a book from me and then sent me a message saying, oh, "I've changed my mind. I wish to cancel this order." Mm. I sent them one back saying, thanks for wasting my time. Next time, don't bid on things if you don't want them. Remind me never to bid on anything you put on eBay. Just, you know, I'm trying to raise money for a holiday. (laughs) What sort of person, right, it was a fairly niche book, Yeah. goes on, they must have specifically looked at that, Yeah. thought, I want that, Yeah. bid on it, Yeah. and then all of a sudden just gone, oh no. And it wasn't much, it was a couple of quid. Hmm. Maybe they bid on a couple of different ones and then got a different copy. Not my problem. Yeah. They should have bought all of them and sold the ones they don't want. I feel like you could be a very unforgiving person sometimes. I was just having one of those days where everything <laughs> really pissed me off. <laughs> this episode being no exception. Yeah, because I, I even googled like what to do. 
And people on like Reddit and all sorts were saying, oh, you can pretty much send offensive messages via eBay if you want. Nothing ever comes of it. <laughs> so I was just like, cheers. Fair enough. Right. So, the Doctor then orders Amy to stop the robot Amy hurting River. Okay? Yeah. They know that ultimately River's going to come good and help them yeah. in the long game, basically. Yeah. So. And, like, she says, like, you know, she's my daughter, so, like, she has, like, privileges as, as a family member. Hmm. So, so, yeah. Amy then uses the sonic screwdriver to activate antibodies within the Tess Elector. Hmm. So it's all, all hell's breaking loose. In yeah, there. yeah. Okay. So the Doctor begs River to help him. That's quite a good scene, I think. Where he's literally on Death's Door. Oh, yes. We haven't really discussed yet. Matt Smith's po- performance from the moment that he gets poisoned to, to the end of this episode is brilliant. I think and it's not funny. It's it kind, not. It kind of is like the physicality of no, it. No, it, it is but... at first where he has like a dead leg. Yeah, that but, like that, that is just pure you know, clowning, isn't like, it? With that towards with, the end but... when his face is really oh, contorting yeah. and he's really in pain. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> you know, no, he's but... not taking that lightly. No, and again, but that's. I think that's one of the key things as an as a as a performer, like playing the role of the Doctor, having the ability to switch from comedy to tragedy in the blink of an eye and make it feel believable the whole way Mm. through, that is a skill. And I think you really need that to play that character because like, there's so much of both. I think Matt Smith is the best we've seen so far. I'm going to put him above Mm. Tennant. I I would put him above Tennant. Yeah. He's underrated, isn't he? He But then again, I put Eccleston above Tennant. Really? I, I love Eccleston. Yeah. There's a lot to like. Yeah, just... Uh, 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 Eccleston's whole vibe, you know, the sort of... All that pain just under the surface and then just sort of like the cheery northerner veneer on top. I love it. Yeah. So, the TARDIS appears inside the Tesselector to rescue Amy and Rory, but it's been piloted by River, not the Doctor. River's a child of the TARDIS. She just instinctively seems to know how it works. Well, she, I think she says like that the TARDIS showed her. Like, really? Like, yeah, yeah. So they had that sort of connection. So the Doctor's still dying, and he asks to speak to River alone. Yeah. Okay. So he tells Melody to tell River Song something, mm-hmm. and then whispers to her, then he dies. Yeah. How, how come, in, is there a reason he doesn't regenerate doing that? that? Um, I think just because of um, the type of poison uh, used. Oh, yeah. so he's dying a slow death, isn't yeah. he? Because that gets yeah. resolved later on. Yes, yeah. Okay. And uh, worth mentioning as well, She's like River says it's the poison from the Judas tree. Mm. So really hanging a lampshade on the sort of biblical uh, parallel here mm. in that, you know, betrayed by a kiss, you know, this this good noble man. Etc. Etc. So, so yeah. Because of her family access, Amy accesses files on River to show Melody who she is and who yeah. she becomes. So River then uses her like Time Lord life force yeah. to regenerate the Doctor. She uses all her regenerations in one go. Is it thirteen you get? Well, yes, twelve regenerations, thirteen lives total. Okay. So the Doctor. 
comes back. Obviously, this regeneration has knocked River Song yeah. to six. So she wakes up in a hospital bed. I was hoping, hoping it'd be the one on New Moon, New Earth. Yeah, uh, but it's not. Is it? It's just a different space hospital. It is. Yeah. And the doctor leaves the TARDIS notebook by her bed. So there you go. So We've closed that loop. We know what's going on there. Okay. But secretly, the Doctor downloaded all his data from the Tesselector. Yeah. So he knows what's going on. But I wonder at what point they started reporting his data. Shrug. Because if they're... They're from... They they never, like, establish the point in the future that the Tesselector's from. where they're from. Because obviously, the image they have of the Doctor is the Matt Smith Doctor. Yes. Are they aware... That he survives his death, and there are well, no, because he dies. You know, oh, yeah, he is the master of doctor when he dies. That is yeah. the final doctor, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Then we cut to the Lunar University, where River is studying archaeology. Yeah. Now that's a clever knockback to when we first met her, yeah. and she carved it in the side of a cliff. And also when we meet her in uh, Science and Library, and she is a professor. Mm. And she is Professor Riversong, and uh, uh, Doctor asks her what she's a professor of. She says, "Yeah, archaeology." She's Mm. leading an archaeological expedition in that episode Mm. to sort of excavate the library. Professor says, "Why do you want to study archaeology?" And she says, "I'll be honest. I'm just trying to find a good man." Don't like that as a lie. Not certain. I like that. No. So mixed bag, but. As a, like I say, this episode, it's basically Moffat's just knows where he wants to get to and is trying to get there. The fact that it manages to make it remotely entertaining along the way is, I guess, impressive. But it's episodes like this where I just feel like I'm being cheated out of proper Doctor Who. Mm. I just want an adventure. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think a lot of the dialogue is really good. Some of it's really horrible. We've gone over that, but like, you can't. I like you can't say it's not entertaining whilst it is happening. But I feel like it may be. It doesn't. It lacks a degree of substance when you kind of look beyond what's on the mm-hmm. surface. That's kind of where I end up on it. I think. Yeah, I just think, like I say. Would we be any worse off if this wasn't an episode? Well, what do we take away from this other than the obvious ending to the series? Well, we've got we have now got the con- you know a lot of things confirmed. We've got the link between the girl regenerating in the alley in New York and Mel because you know Mel says like you know last time this happened when she's re- regenerating she says last time this happened uh, I, I was a toddler in New York. So we get that, um, and how come we, if that yeah. happened then, if she regenerated in when did that episode take place? What's the date of the like nineteen sixty nine? I think nineteen sixty nine. Yeah. So by two thousand and eleven, she should be forty two. Assuming that she ages at the same rate as uh, a human just... being. Which is a massive assumption. They do. They do. (laughs) You've got no evidence to base that on. 
Well, if none we... whatsoever. In no. fact, the only evidence you've got is the fact that we know that Mel's comes into being who, as a toddler. Who is in... the longest serving Doctor? Tom Baker. How many series did he do? Uh, I think he did it for seven years. Okay. If we watched his first episode yep. and his last episode, yep. he would look approximately seven years older. I don't know the way that he does, to be honest. He would. He's got he's got one of Is those Tom faces. Baker that like big fa- big nose, droopy face, skinny. Yeah, he's got like quite mad starey eyes, curly hair. Yeah. Didn't like him. Not bad. <laughs> but I bet he looks about ten. No, he probably looks about 15 years old because back then he'd have been smoking all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, different times. Yeah. Anyway, but what I was saying is the only like real evidence we've got is the fact that is what the episode tells us. So I'm happy to accept that Plus, she doesn't age in the same way. How come she was a little girl? In that case, she yeah. must have been a little girl for about 30 years. Yeah. And then... Gone all through teenage years at the same rate yeah. as Amy and Rory. I think maybe maybe she has some degree of control over it. She says later in the episode that she's going to gradually reduce her age, how her age appears just to freak people out. So I, the implication is maybe she's got some degree of sort of psychic control of her appearance. Um, it's just hogwash, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Uh, I don't know. It's entertaining, though. Mm. And on that note... Thank you ever so much for listening, everyone. Uh, join us next week when we will be discussing night terrors. Mm. But until then, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.